Hello, many feet. This is social justice. Whoa, that was a good one. Two seconds. No, under two seconds. Two seconds. Now, uh, so that was quite interesting from the sausage. There is only so much pressure one sausage can take. Last night should have been arriving on our screens at 4 p.m. Then it was delayed to 5.30 p.m. Then it eventually popped up at 6.45. And this is part of what he said. Because the huge exponential growth in the number of patients, by no means all of them elderly, by the way, would mean that doctors and nurses would be forced to choose which patients to treat, who would get oxygen and who wouldn't, who would live and who would die. And doctors and nurses would be forced to choose between saving COVID patients and non-COVID patients. And the sheer weight of COVID demand would mean depriving tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of non-COVID patients of the care they need. It's, it's crucial to grasp this, that the general threat to public health comes not from focusing too much on COVID, but from not focusing enough, from failing to get it under control. And if we let the, the, the lines on those graphs grow in the, the way that they could, and the way that they're projected to grow, then the risk is that for the first time in our lives, the NHS will not be there for us and for our families. So there we go, a stark warning from Sausage Johnson. And obviously people have criticised him for going into this too late. And he has gone into this too late. On 21st of September, as everyone knows, Sage said we need a lockdown now. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Starmer was criticised for being political, for calling for a circuit break in line with... Uh, half term. Half term has just finished. I mean, it is, you know, very, I mean, it's ridiculously incompetent that Boris Johnson didn't uh, align this with half term. It's unbelievable. Uh, but nevertheless, obviously, I think it is a very good thing that it is announced. It's no surprise. We knew about it because of the leaks. And it does look as if actually um, you, you know, who knows, but it does look as if it, it is to do with the kind of uh, dogged determination of a couple of uh, Westminster journalists and people in government who are trying to push their own thing, probably Matt Hancock, uh, maybe obviously not him personally, but I'd be very surprised if it was him personally, but somebody in the health department are thinking, you know, we've got to fucking get our skates on here. So we're going to go. It does look as if they did go behind number 10's back in leaking the story to the uh, newspapers on on Friday night, which, of course, is very different because we've seen that that is the way that this government does basically announce major policies and, you know, major U-turns often is to leak to the Tories and, you know, the Tory graph and the Times and the mail, these Tory supporting papers. But this time it does look like they genuinely didn't want it leaked and it was leaked. And that's why uh, the, uh, the press conference was, was moved to Saturday night rather than the Monday as it was already kind of set up. So these, those stories in the papers on Friday night, you know, Saturday's papers, 
said that the press conference would be on Monday. But the act of leaking it, leaking that story, meant that Johnson had to move it to the Saturday. So it comes in on Thursday, and of course now there's the obvious questions as to, you know, if it's so urgent, then why um, are you not doing it immediately? Well, there is a kind of answer to that. And I'm no, you know, it's like an apologist for Boris Johnson, but there is a, a quite a straightforward answer to that. Boris Johnson agreed with the House of Commons that if they did a national lockdown again, he would go to them and get them to vote on it, which is fair enough, you know. And I don't think there's any doubt that the, um, you know, by a massive majority, um, the uh, MPs across the board will vote for this lockdown. And that's going to happen on Wednesday. So, you know, OK, fair enough. It, uh, you, you can, I, t I totally think that they have been slow on this, obviously. But at the same time, even if it is Thursday, because he's done this thing on Saturday night, and because it was a Saturday night, it's like it got a huge, you know, everybody's waiting for fucking Strictly Come Dancing. Do you know what I mean? Millions of people are like thinking, what the fuck is this? And the, the whole ridiculousness of it, you know, means that everyone is talking about it, obviously, like anyway, um, let alone that it's an important thing. But just because they kind of fucked up you know, doing the press conference, more and more, like that in itself has become a bit of a story, you know? So more and more people are uh, looking at this. And so it's a, it's a key uh, instruction to all of us to basically keep our heads down from now. There's obviously going to be a tiny amount of people that think, oh, right, great, let's go on a fucking bender before, th before the pubs close on Thursday. But really, you know, if you think about it, a lot of people are, you know, the people have wanted this. Two thirds of the country have wanted a national lockdown for the last couple of weeks. So now it's here. People aren't going to go for a bender. There's obviously going to be a couple of people like that. But the vast majority of people are going to kind of think, right, it's lockdown now. So I'm going to have to really think about all of the plans that I've got, you know, in terms of seeing friends and going out for meals and blah, blah, blah. Am I really going to do this? And if I am going to do this, I'm going to be extra careful because it is serious. And there's no doubt about it that the uh, the modelling that, um, that SAGE has commissioned, five or six different uh, teams with different, you know, representations of you know, the peaks and all the rest of it, you know, it's looking bad. And as we've just heard from the sausage, you know, they're doing this because they have to do it. It's only a matter of time. I've said it like it's obvious, like, you know, the maths don't lie. Everyone knew about it and we knew about it weeks ago, you know. So where do we go from here? Well, there is one thing that I think will make a difference and it, it, it may not be the golden bullet though, okay? Or the magic, is it the magic bullet? What do they call that bullet? And, and that thing that I'm wanting and I've spoken about before is masks on the children in, and the staff in schools. Um, uh, France, who have themselves gone into lockdown just uh, recently, they have just mandated for primary school children all children over the age of six to wear masks, but the secondary age children in um, in schools in France have been wearing masks since the start of the term, since uh, September. So, you know, 
with masks you also need social distancing and you also need ventilation and you also need hand hygiene without masks uh, without masks it's a lot worse but obviously if you're not social distancing then you know masks only uh, can help so much now if everybody in the room has got masks then that is brilliant with or without social distancing it's brilliant so i do think because there's no social distancing in schools at all like it's not happening and and the government have massively failed schools in a huge way but i do need to see people talking about masks it's not happening so far but we do need to start talking about masks as a country but by and large but like i say it's not going to be a you know kind of magic bullet without social distancing because you know obviously you can still get the fucking thing if you've got a mask on your face like we all know that it does reduce the risk and the better the mask the the bigger the reduction yeah and if everyone has a shit mask it's better than nobody wearing a shit mask but if everyone has a mask that's not shit you get where i'm going with this don't you but you know cases are rising in france and and scotland have just announced as well that um senior um students i don't know what age that is but obviously secondary school students at some age i don't know the scottish system um have to wear masks as well so you know do i think boris johnson is going to mandate mask wearing in schools no do i um am i pleased with the <laughs> is this a tried and trusted way of tried and testing yes is it fucking shit when uh, michael gove does this in interviews yes um right so what what's my summary of this news well obviously i think it's a really good thing it is difficult i know it's difficult there are people i want to see i'm living in bloody devon for the first time in years all my mates are living here not all of them but loads of them and i'm not seeing any of them it's a right pain in the ass it's a right pain in the ass and when i am seeing them i've got a fucking mask strapped to my face because i'm really par- well I'm not paranoid i'm just aware that i got medical advice which you know is absolute black and white you know basically lock yourself in the fucking house and <laughs> not not quite that but not too far away from it you know so there's no way that after everything we've been through 180 episodes to go back on by the way new listeners new listener in minnesota oh i fucking love minnesota it's the place for me where's minnesota oh i love it and georgia dudes you are right listen i know i'm cutting into this to speak to the third of my audience that are americans um but listen guys you have got the what what i think there's a good lincoln uh clip that sums this up yeah but basically you've got the fucking world in your hands you dudes right get this fucking joker out of the white house and for the first time in 4 years the world will start paying attention to the US again like they'll start thinking that you're not all a bunch of gun wielding psychopaths you know i know that there's still probably a good 100 million of you that are a good probably a third of you yeah if not more than a third because you got 40% that are going for that fucking clown right but do you got 60% that aren't gun wielding psychopath that's good isn't it and by the way the guy in indiana i know people um i know people 
there aren't psychos in Indiana, so I'm not saying that you're a psychopath. I'm sure you're brilliant. Imagine being that guy. <laughs> I have no idea who this fucker is that's listening to it. I'm so sorry. You're not a fucker. You're not a psychopath. Welcome to the show. <laughs> anyway, back to Johnson. Listen, it's a good thing. I think it's a clear instruction for, you know, the vast majority of the people in England to, you know, get our shit together, basically. And I know that everyone listening to this have, has had our shit together throughout. And obviously it is, you know, I'd rather none of the, all of us would rather none of this had happened. We're 61,000 deaths in at this point. And so if he had acted five weeks ago, there would have been tens of thousands of people that he would have saved, yeah? I mean, maybe not tens of thousands of deaths, but th certainly thousands of deaths would have been saved if he'd acted five weeks ago. Without a question, tens of thousands of people whose, whose lives will never be the same again because of long COVID. There's no question about that at all. That's very Starmerish as well. And if he had acted when Starmer had done it, then it had said do it, then obviously, you know, many deaths would have not happened. And the deaths are baked in, which is, uh, I didn't come up with that saying, but everyone's fucking saying it now, baked in, baked in. Talk about the Great British Baking. And, you know, it's going to be a long haul and it is difficult. It's really difficult, but essentially it is, you know, we, we have to do it. Unfortunately, we have to do it. And, you know, if people are get their shit together in schools, generally speaking, there are some obvious, you know, exceptions whereby you just need to take yourself out of that situation. But generally speaking, um, you know, hopefully this is a bit of a wake up call for people that are working in schools. And if you are not wearing a mask and you work in a school, as an example, then speak to your school. If you're sending your kids to school, which I think you should be doing, you know, it's a good thing. It's absolutely essential that schools are kept open. But what we need to do is make sure that schools are safe. And that is something that Independent Sage has been calling for for ages, like, you know, in the summer. They, they published advice to schools about how to keep safe. You need to do social distancing as best you can. You need to really look at flexible timetables. You need to look at, you know, working from home. Uh, one of the um, uh, major school unions, teacher unions, has been speak speaking about this uh, split timetable whereby basically half of the school are in for one week and then the other half are in the other week. And whilst that's not happening, all of the, like, so you've got, you know, 30 kids in a classroom, 15 of them are in, and that means that you, they can socially distance within the classrooms, so they're not sitting next to each other, because at the moment all of the kids are sitting next to each other, which is it's no fucking surprise that it's in the schools, because nobody's social distancing, nobody's wearing a mask. Stick a mask on everyone, but if you don't social distance, then the mask isn't, you know, it's not going to stop you from getting COVID-19 necessarily if you're not social distancing and you're sitting next to someone with COVID-19 for like, you know, an hour, like it's just not going to happen. You're, the chances are you are going to get that fucking thing, you know? So we need to get social distancing in. The idea of a split timetable, I think it's called merged learning or something. It's got some fucking fancy name to it, isn't it? Um, you know, 15 kids in the room, physically with the teacher there, you know, doing the lessons. But then the rest of them are just like, you know, on their computers at home and they are watching the lesson 
and you know participating in the lesson essentially there's 15 kids on a zoom call uh, going into the lesson it obviously it takes a bit of organization and the government have failed massively in uh, supplying uh, laptops to children that don't have laptops and internet access you know i mean there's independence age have looked at all of this and they've talked about you know how areas like you know community centers libraries leisure centers outdoor areas when the weather was better but now we've got obviously lost that opportunity you know could all have been repurposed to create learning spaces like all over the fucking joint you know and so there's so much more that the government can do if they want to keep schools open and basically you know there's not many people that are saying that all schools should close yep and if they are saying it they're saying it from the point of view that the government are failing on schools or keeping children safe and the staff safe now you know i'm lucky in that my uh, doctor is incredibly black and white about this and that gives instruction to me that means that I'm going to keep myself safe no matter what the school is going to say and I'm lucky also that my school is saying yeah that's great like obviously we need to keep you safe because you're we have a responsibility <laughs> like you know they're not idiots like they're taking it incredibly seriously and I'm really lucky yeah but there are many many people that are on the border and it's very difficult for them to make these decisions it's incredibly difficult and the government are failing in their responsibility to uh, guide and advise schools it's unbelievable no money like loose fucking guidance basically like you know make it up as you go along of course you got to you know sanitize the kids hands but masks ah it's up to you in fact we kind of say don't do it you know social distancing well we're not going to give you any more resources in order to you know allow that to happen so uh, there's a lot of work going on in schools some really really good work and it's essentially a very very difficult thing to do to keep schools free of covid-19 when it's going up in the community now this lockdown as difficult as it is gives us an opportunity to get the r below 1 and that is absolutely essential it is going to be uh, take longer if we don't get our act together in schools and there are certain things that we can do like now you know today that you could just mandate mask wearing and you could go to a split timetable it take a couple of weeks to sort out but you know it's better that than uh the r will fall the models are that the the r will fall but it will fall at a slower rate and you know gove obviously has said tonight today Well, we're going to have to look at the at the uh, figures you know come the um end of november to see what we go back to after this national lockdown it may be that the whole national lockdown continues or they do something else now the other thing as well is that this i always hate the last bit of boris johnson's fucking press conferences where he just talks about some bullshit you know it's just like oh fuck off now this time he was talking about oh yeah we're going to get the um testing up ramp up the testing we haven't heard that before but weirdly i'm slightly encouraged by that and i'll tell you why because in china they have this already in place and they can uh you know go into a place where there's an outbreak and they test like literally tens of thousands of people really really quickly 
So if the UK government really take this tight, then what we want obviously to happen is that they have a robust test and trace and isolate and support package in, in place. I don't think they're going to do that. And the point, the problem is with cases this high, even if you've got the best test and trace and isolate thing in the world, if you've got 50,000 people every day getting this, then test, trace and isolate, you kind of, you know, it needs to be just like everywhere, you know? So this quick testing thing, there might be something in it. I mean, you know, we'll see it when it happens, obviously. But, you know, it sounds like they've got a bit of a plan so we don't just go back to the fucking mess that we've been in at the beginning of December. Even if we come out of lockdown at the beginning of September, uh, sorry, December, and that's not a given, you know. Um, so let's see. The, the, there are some reasons to be optimistic. And, you know, we need to be very careful. Obviously, we still need to walk between the raindrops. And we need to realize that, you know, as at the moment, it's doubling that the entire amount of infection amount of COVID-19 in the UK is doubling every nine days. That's what the REACT survey says. And there's no reason to think that it's anything different from that, yeah? Remember, REACT does asymptomatic as well as symptomatic. So it's picking up more cases. They're actually saying 96,000 uh, a day, yeah? That's the middle of their confidence interval, yeah? So, you know, 96,000 people a day are getting this thing right? Asymptomatic and symptomatic. We know that asymptomatic people shed the virus. So we have to be absolutely careful, like really careful in the next 10 days, two weeks, and then we're going to start to see the benefit, well, longer than that, because it doesn't fucking come in on Thursday, you know. So at least two weeks, and then we're going to hopefully start to see the benefits of, of the lockdown happening. And like I say, there will be a kind of... Um, you know, like a dampening effect, I think, like immediately because of the, the shock of, you know, to loads of people, you know, who don't follow the news and don't listen to this and blah, blah, blah. They will know this because they're waiting for fucking Strictly Come Dancing and they want to watch the Little Mix show, you know. And it's like, oh, what's Boris Johnson doing on TV? So anyway, there are reasons to be optimistic today. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. <laughs> so there he is, Sean Connery. Rest in peace. 90 years old. Um, Sean Connery, the man that Terry Gilliam, when he was writing the script for Time Bandits, thought, who do I want to play? Agamemnon. Agamemnon. In my film Time Bandits. Well, let's just put Sean Connery, because I would love Sean Connery to be in my film, playing the Greek hero, Agamemnon. So we put him in, and Connery did it. So that made um, Terry's day. So, yeah, brilliant. Used to be a postman. No, he didn't. Used to be a milkman. Used to be a fucking mailman. No, he didn't. Used to be a milkman. But in a way, in the way that he didn't really used to be a milkman. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, tremendous actor. Uh, it's very difficult to watch uh, The Untouchables again, where she's very good in The Untouchables, but his character is 
like unbelievably right i mean i know it's set in fucking when is it set the 1920s or the 1930s or whatever and it was made a long time ago but it's very difficult to watch him in the untouchables because he's just this racist you know fucker basically um a racist fucker trying to beat al capone but it's the little guy with the glasses isn't it yeah do you remember that film it's a good film isn't it yeah Anyway, um, yeah, R.I.P. Um, it's nice, you know, being Scottish as I am. It's nice when um, Sean Connery, you know, used to be Sean Connery, and he hasn't been Sean Connery in a while, in a for a while. And even Brad Pitt's not going to be Brad Pitt when he's ninety. Do you know what I mean? And it's been a long time since Sean Connery was Sean Connery, if you know what I mean. But he used to be Sean Connery, Sean Connery. And you know there was only one Sean Connery, uh, so there we go. Goodbye, Sean Connery. Welcome to the trend report. So we know what the trend is in Europe and in the UK. Obviously, it's going up everywhere. Hence the um, you know lockdowns, the national lockdowns that are happening. Um, place after place after place. Now, uh, let's take a look at the US. Well, it's an absolutely tragic situation, and it's the October surprise that uh, you know nobody wants. Um, over the past week, this is the New York Times I'm quoting here. Over the past week, the United States has recorded more than 500,000 new cases, averaging more than 77,000 a day and nine states reported daily records on Thursday. More total cases have been identified in the United States than in any other country, although some nations have had more cases in proportion to their populations. Well, we know that. And somebody says, the um, governor of Wisconsin says, there is no way to sugarcoat it. We are facing an urgent crisis and there is an imminent risk to you, your family members, your friends, your neighbours. That's Tony Evers, the governor of Wisconsin. Wisconsin has been badly hit. More than 200 coronavirus deaths have been announced over the past week. And as case numbers have exploded, hospitals have been under increasing strain. But it is hardly alone. The surge that started in the upper Midwest and rural West has now spread far beyond, sending infection levels soaring in places as disparate as El Paso, which is in Texas, Chicago, and Rexburg, Idaho. In the seven-day period ending Thursday, 24 states added more cases than in any other seven-day stretch of the pandemic. So, in a nutshell, it has never been as bad as it is now in the United States. This is the, this third peak... Uh, is the worst of all peaks. It's unbelievable. It's much, much bigger than the first two peaks, much bigger than the first two peaks. And it's only going up. Um, they reached uh, 9.1 million cases. So we can easily um, times that by 10. And, uh, you know, estimate is obviously an estimation, but estimate that 90 million people have had COVID-19. Um, 
so obviously you know whether they're symptomatic or not is a is up to debate but the uh, what the cd the the, uh, gov- the governor the chief of the cdc the guy who is not robert redford but robert redfield has said that you can times it by 10. so yeah i mean you know my heart goes out to you is going up everywhere as we know not everywhere but in lots of places and the problem is more than any i mean it's so fucking obvious the problem more than anything else is is the lack of leadership i mean the absolute criminal negligence i mean you know boris johnson at least at least he gets like you know at least he does something in the end at least he does something in the end okay donald trump is an, another magnitude of insanity that man needs to be removed from office like you know legally and fairly and non-violently and hopefully we're going to see a massive upsurge of like m- fucking fury and people you know at record rates have voted early in the states now that's partly because well you know in a in a big big way it's because so many states have changed their early voting processes in order to make it easier to do that because they're in the middle of a pandemic yeah and we all are so that's one big reason but at the same time there clearly is a huge um, appetite to vote and everything is showing that that appetite is to get trump out of office but we need it to happen if you look at the states, you know, there are we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Everybody is saying that Trump has got around about a 1 in 10 chance, but 1 in 10 chances do happen. Last time he had about a 1 around about a 1 in 3 chance. Obviously, 1 in 3 chances happen a lot more than 1 in 10 chances, but 1 in 10 chances can happen. But the thing is it's not to do with chance, it's not to do with you know, um, mysticism. It's to do with a get out the vote uh, operation that has been, you know, successful to a massive degree. It's really good that Kamala Harris was in Texas doing three stops in Texas the other day. And it's really good that she's going to Georgia. That's really good. I don't think that anybody that's on the fence about, um, you know, voting for Trump is going to vote for him on the basis that he can get a big crowd out during a pandemic. I mean, it's it's medically inadvisable to do that, you know? A uh, study came coming out of Stanford University estimates that 18 Trump rallies have led to 30,000 COVID cases and 700 deaths. But it only goes up to um, September, the middle of September. And since then, he's done another at least 30 rallies. So it's not just me saying, oh yeah, you know, you might get COVID. Like... It's obvious. Fucking Butler County, where he did it in Pennsylvania, right? It's never been higher. It's never been fucking higher in Butler County. So it's not a good idea to do it. Right, anyway, these polls... Right, this is the trend report. So... <laughs> right, just to, uh, you know, press upon a fucking shape onto this jelly. Let's get the... It's difficult to get the jelly mould back onto the jelly, where the jelly's all bouncing all over the place. Anyway, that's the trend report.
tomorrow night's show I'm going to lay out the um, you know my stall and just explain where I am with the election but you know for listeners there's no surprise at all that I think that Biden is going to win uh, 538 give Trump a 1 in 10 chance of winning and of course he could do that if he wins Florida which we'll know quite early on um, if Trump wins Florida then he does have a path to winning the election and it might be that if he wins a couple of other places where Trump, where um, Biden is competitive, then we are waiting for Pennsylvania and it might get ugly and he might call it, he, he in a worst case scenario, Trump might stand up late Thursday night, uh, late uh, Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning and say, I've won. No need to count any of the votes because I've won. And obviously he's, you know, interested in doing that because if you count the votes uh, like of everyone that has voted, where you postmarked it by the time you, you know, voting day, then uh, the chances are that that lead is going to slip away from him because of the way that the, you know, states are, the early um, states look good for Trump. And if he wins Florida... I th- he probably will do that if he wins Florida. So let's see. So it could get ugly. But anyway, I'll talk about that a bit more tomorrow. A um, couple of polls that people have been waiting for have just been released. These are the New York Times Siena research polls, which apparently are, you know, good quality polls. It's looking good for Biden. Florida, he's up three. Arizona, he's up six, which is very strong for Arizona. Pennsylvania, He's up six, so that is competitive, Pennsylvania. Um, I think 538 has got Pennsylvania at an average of 5%, so that's slightly better than the average. Wisconsin, he's up 11. 11. Nobody really thinks that Biden is going to lose at Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, he's at 52%, so he's above that 50% you know, majority, obviously. So that's really good for Wisconsin. Pennsylvania is is you know close, but I think that the I think he's going to be okay, Biden. Um, and we've spoken about in the past how he doesn't need Pennsylvania to win uh, because Biden's got so many opportunities to get to um, five uh, two seventy if he gets Wisconsin and Michigan. And Michigan looks good as well. Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, it would be a big surprise if they go for. 
if they go for Trump. Uh, Florida is tight. Arizona looks pretty good. But, you know, it is competitive in some of these places. And it isn't a... If I was a betting man, I would put on, you know, a quid for 50 to 1, which is you can get those odds in um, in the UK for Trump to win. I think he's got a better than 50 to 1 chance of winning. Like, there's no doubt about it, you know. Um, so anyway, there we go. So, right, let's uh, finish the show then. And let's think of a some kind of object or uh, a life being. Let's think of a life being. Yesterday, we went out uh, for a little walk. And what we saw was a cow in a car park. Uh, a bit like India. That kind of thing happens in India quite a lot, doesn't it? Where cows just walk around. Um, so let's think of the humble cow, uh, feared in these parts because of the number of crushes that take place. There's a crush a day. A crush a day keeps the doctor away. That's what the cows say. And uh, so anyway, let's think of the cow, the cows, and have, have a picture of a cow's face in your mind's eye now. Right? You look. Are you thinking of a cow? Good. One, two, three, walk between the raindrops. Thank you ever so much for listening. And we've got a blockbuster week next week. Jesus Christ almighty. Blockbuster week. Scores go back. Fucking tense. Uh, Walking between the fucking raindrops after everyone's been off and, you know, playing and, you know, doing just basically fucking off the rules and all the rest of it, which I'm sure they are. Um, not everyone, but loads of people, uh, you know, not all children, but obviously children do get together in, um, you know, kind of like teenagers do get together in half term. So let's see the impact of that on schools. Uh, I think it's going to explode in quite a few schools, like, you know, just as much as it has been, if not more so. And also we've got the lockdown coming and the political fallout of that which is going to be interesting. And we've also got uh, the election. So a big, big week next week. Hopefully we'll continue to do this incredibly difficult, stressful thing of walking between the raindrops and not going, you know, totally insane. Hopefully. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, things hopefully are going to be turning a corner very, very slowly to fucking quote Trump. Jesus Christ. But, you know, we do need a lockdown. It is difficult. Nobody wants to be living under these conditions, obviously, like fucking least of all me. Do you know what I mean? But I'd rather do this than end up on a fucking ventilator and dying, basically. And it's as black and white as that for me and for many other people, unfortunately. So, you know, on behalf of the you know millions of people that are uh, extremely vulnerable medically to this, You know, thank you so much for doing everything that you're doing. And remember that you have agency and you have control more than anyone else. If you want to wear a mask wherever you work, then wear a fucking mask and have that argument with your boss. And you can, you know, there's so much evidence to back you up, but you need to go aggressive on this, okay? Because you do not want to get this fucking thing, no matter what your health situation is at the moment. So you need to remember, and I know, 
talking to the converted here, but remember that more than anyone else, you have control over whether you get it or not, even in places where it's high, okay? Yeah, of course, you need to be absolutely vigilant, and there's a component to that which isn't, you know, fucking relaxing and cheery. You know, it means that you're, you will get stressed and you will be vigilant about it because you're so fucking, you know, because you're so vigilant, you will get stressed. But getting stressed is probably better than getting COVID-19. Anyway, that was a nice <laughs> relaxing end to the show. Take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening. See you later.